Yo, this is Dave Windor from Monster Magnet, and you're listening to Verbal Shenanigans. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hello, hello, hello. I know, I know. Every week I come on here, every single week I come on here, mm-hmm. in the last eight weeks, ten weeks or so, and I say, hey, we're finally back. Um, the summer schedule got a little crazy, and then I essentially uh, drop the ball, or something crazy happens in life, and another two weeks go by with no episode. So I'm not even going to explain myself. I'm not even going to explain myself. I'm just going to say... Uh, welcome back, and we're just going to put out episodes when they come out at this point. It's just uh, uh, because I feel like every week, no matter what, there's going to be some kind of setback where I'm going to have to apologize to the audience, and then and, uh, I don't care anymore. Well, I feel we still do it wor- weekly. We used to always do an Earth week, but lately we've been doing like a Jupiter week or something. Some right. plan where like the times are like super off or something like that. <laughs> so uh, you know we're the intergalactic sensation known as verbal shenanigans. Man, I look like shit. Um, I got. I'm, I'm looking at my camera and I don't know if it's like the lights behind me are just like they need like covers on them, but it is blowing me out so pale and I'm wearing like a. Uh, I guess it's, it's like yeah. a tan type shirt and just does not work. I feel like it's the same color as my skin tone. Well, for starters, with the lights, it, it seems like somebody from the FBI is trying to interrogate you and you just said, just a minute, I have to do a podcast. Yeah. That's it, the way I'm getting it right now. Yeah, the way the lights are coming through in this room, it looks like there's choppers outside <laughs> Flat, flashing. Like there, there's a, uh, I have a hostage situation going on here and I'm not ready to, uh, to, to go out and negotiate. Yeah, the government found out Scott has E.T., and uh you know they they want to just cut into him and stuff but like scott has a bond with them he was actually the little kid elliot in the early days and all he's the one chucking reese's pea seeds at the thing elliot. but he came back and i'll wait for the sequels are you one of those guys who says reese's pieces it's reese's it pieces I, a lot of people always say reese's pieces i think it's like a like a like a some kind of verbal slip that happens when you when you, but it's it's pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. Uh, I mean, I, in logic, it makes sense. But the next <laughs> time my mouth opens, it's not going to listen to you. <laughs> you're still you're still going to go from this moment on and be like, screw it, it's Reese's pieces. Yeah, like I'm going to be in the supermarket and like I can really go for some Reese's pieces. No, I wouldn't want that. See, but Reese's it's pieces? it's Hell yeah. it's Reese apostrophe s, so it's Reese's. Pieces, uh-huh. not Reese's PCs. <laughs> I feel like I'll call it what I want. All right, it's, it's I, I feel like that thought. Shells. Okay, I, I just saw the face of a man who that, that was the first time that thought had ever entered his mind. You were like, "Oh my god!" Like Whoa. you, you were enlightened there for a split second. You were like, "Oh my god!" The apostrophe. God damn, the apostrophe's been it there the whole time. <laughs> what else have I been saying wrong? I listen to every episode. Oh yeah, pretty much everything. 
Um, yeah. Um, so other than me looking like complete trash right now, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just going to go with that. It's the, it's the lights in the room and the bad camera. But, man. Uh, so I will tell you quickly what has happened this week. So um, if you listen to the last few episodes, you know I'm in a new house. Um, and we decided that it would be a good idea to get the floors done, but naturally getting the floors done means you can't walk on them. So, um, that put us out of our house for another week. Um, so that in between week when we were supposed to put out an episode right between then and the Monday, we were pretty much out for the week in between making the gap longer. And again, I had to stay elsewhere. Um, I'm living out of boxes at this point. Nothing's moved in, but now I have decent floors so that's like uh, one one benefit of my life well they were going to allow you to stay upstairs but then i reiterated no if you recall the the draft episode i took away scott's stairs mm. so there was no way of him to go upstairs ergo he had to get out of his house i should have took his uh, you know life took his floors from him i took his stairs away. <laughs> but i will uh, i will be honest i'm very like a lot of times I say I'm excited to be back. We're excited to be back. I'm actually, I'm this time I'm actually excited to like be podcasting for once. Like, oh, I told you every week, uh, every week there's always some kind of craziness going on. Five minutes before recording, this week was no different. I was all excited to to record. My wife had to take like an important work call for like hours, so I had the the kid. So it starts with me serving him dinner. And I give him like pasta and meat sauce and some fruit and whatever. And I'm trying to eat and he's just deciding to take the the pasta and just launch it. Literally like like an overhead throw, not an overhand yeah. throw, like like launching over your head, like world's strongest man, keg toss kinda kinda throw. And I and I tell him stop. And the pasta is full-length spaghetti. It's landing in his head. Then he sees the dog, and he's just throwing pasta at the dog. At one point, I see the dog. He's going for the pasta that's on the ground. Meanwhile, his back is loaded (laughs) with spaghetti. So the dog is dripping spaghetti. And I'm yelling at him. Then he decides I gave him some baked beans on the side. He takes them, and it's just one bean at a time, like little shrapnel everywhere. So I'm screaming at him. Uh. I'm, I'm trying to make my wife dinner. I'm trying to eat something because I know the cast is coming up. And meanwhile, like, I know bedtime's coming up. So he's covered in pasta sauce, which, you know, I feel like, okay, as a parent, that, that happens, whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to bathe him now. So I'm trying to fill the tub. So I undress the kid. As I'm filling the tub, I see him just put his hands up like this. Like, like kind of like when you relax. I know we don't do a video. Like, to, you know, it, where you interlace your fingers behind your head, you know, like kind of like a suspect. Okay. And he just starts pissing all over the bathroom floor onto the clothes I just took off of him, which were clean before because we thought that, was, that could be his bedtime outfit. Um, uh, and we had a bib on, so he wasn't that mad. And he just pisses all over his clothes and all over the floor. Well, Scott, clearly he saw your tan shirt that you already informed the audience looks terrible. Yep. And he's like, no, 
that ain't happening tonight. And he just like sat back and relaxed. He said, let's go PP power and just yeah. let's it loose and all. Yeah. You know what? When I bought this shirt, this, this shirt is from the Referendum Brewery in New Jersey. When I bought this shirt, they had like, like I usually wear greens and dark blues and kind of earth tones, I guess you could say. I remember my wife saying, that color ain't going to look good on you. And I was like, and then I realized when you have a pink, your skin is just basically pink because you're like a, mm-hmm. a a a very uh you know no melanin possessing Irish man that just has pink pig like skin. Uh, it doesn't go very well. You kind of look like you're wearing a nude shirt. Like women wear like nude bras for weddings and things like that on their dresses. That's kind of what I feel like right now. Oh, well, I mean, I'm glad you <sighs> kid revolted against your styles yeah. and all. He's like, I know me. You know, my pigments. I know I got half of yours. I ain't going to take this. He's like, I wonder how yellow looks on me. Bam. And he just yep. shoots it out on you. Plus, I also like how he was, like, playing to the crowd as he was chucking his spaghetti. Yeah. Like, he <laughs> started doing it. Yeah. Like, no, no. And then he, like, sees the dog. He's like, you want some of this? And nobody's like, yes, I do. And he starts chucking that. And all. The kid's got some stage style, my friend. You know, you got to be careful. He's going to be the... The breadwinner of this family, it's sounding like. Oh, what he's gonna surpass me in in com- oh, comedic yeah. stage life? Well, basically, he yeah. has basically he has to get paid two hundred dollars for a show, and he's uh, he's basically won the the, the breadwinning category. I have seen your act. Yeah. I have not seen his spaghetti throwing. Uh-huh. I'm getting a little more excited about seeing that versus another rendition of Scott Brennan on stage. There's a good, honest with you. There's a good chance we're going to be touring like the Walenda tightrope walking family, where like I'm the opener for hit for him when he's like 16. I mean, and I'll take that because maybe it'd be steady work. Yeah, I mean, let's think about. It. We haven't seen Gallagher in a while. I mean, I'm not. I think he's still around, but like I don't think he tours or anything. He could be bringing back a classic and making it his own. He ain't smashing it with no mallet, man. He's mm-hmm. just grabbing it with his hands, and he'll say some one-liner, and then he'll chuck spaghetti at people, and they'll be like dying and all. Maybe like the Eminem lyric or something like that. Speaking of mallets, the other day, apparently, like I left for work early in the morning, and occasionally my son ends up in, in our bed, and... You know, apparently he got up and just walked around and played or did whatever. And my wife woke up to him hitting her with a toy mallet. And that's how she woke up this the other the other morning, just whacking her with a mallet. So the Gallagher thing is there. I mean, did you think about not giving him tools to smash you with? I mean, have you thought about like regular toys instead of like actual physical harming tools? I mean... I you know I'm I wouldn't call myself not handy, but I wouldn't call myself uh-huh. super handy at all. Yeah. So I got to you know my 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 dad is like the handiest guy ever. So I feel like they say things skip a generation. And listen, I'm only getting older, and this this is an old house. It's going to need a lot of repairs. So I'm just it's called prepping. It's called prepping is what what I'm doing. Maybe you should have had him take care of the floor and then we would have missed a week of the podcast scott thank you i know i know but i am i'm happy to be back but like with that time like you know when you're out of your house and there's no like kind of like sense of home like no sense of like comfort zone um everything just like goes to shit everything like falls falls apart like your routine uh just (laughs) your your clean clothes like everything where things are you're living out of the bag um 
and you start to eat like shit. Like I try to eat generally pretty good, but you know, you're like picking things up. You're hungry. Then you don't really have a place to cook or you like, I realized that if I go completely off the rails, like we talked a couple weeks ago when I was like completely home by myself, like how I could exist on a spoon, a knife, a plate, and like two frying pans, maybe, um, I realize when I go off the rails, I have a guilty pleasure of I love crappy gas station slash quick check slash 7-Eleven, you know, that kind of family sausage breakfast sandwiches. I had one and it like awoken the beast that like lived inside of me from when I was a teenager. Uh Oh, and I think eight days in a row, I think I stopped and picked up some kind of... And you, you know when they're sitting in the like little heating... <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever you want to call them. Um, not the rollers, because that would be the dogs. But they're essentially just sitting there all day. Heat lamps. Yeah. Like a, yeah, like they're reptiles. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you know how like if they've been sitting while like... The outside is kind of like crusty. Like it's hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't care. I would pick them up and be like, it's got to be decent in the middle. Um, I think I was at eight to nine. There was a day where I had one going. I had early early work at like seven o'clock. I got one on the way. And on the way home, I stopped at Quick Check and got like a breakfast burrito. Um, and I am fully aware of this is complete trash food. <laughs> this this yeah. is this is fat guy. Uh, no time to cook anything. Can't put a couple eggs in a pan. Uh, uh, fast food. Just made probably of the lowest quality stuff. But I got to tell you, today is when we're recording this. This is a Tuesday night. I got to tell you, like Saturday morning when like I didn't have work, I was kind of like jonesing for a crappy sausage sandwich like with my family. And I couldn't figure out an excuse to go get one. You couldn't think <laughs> of a single thing. Like, no. you couldn't even, like, grab something out of the cupboard, like, pour it down the drain and be like, oh, we're out of baking soda. Let me go get some. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes those things turn into, like, oh, we'll take a trip with you. And I'm like, oh, no. I need to get my, oh. my fix on the side. Of- and, like, my car, the door has, like, the little netting on the side where, like, you would store stuff. I looked down, and there was just wrappers of of the fat, disgusting week I, I, I had. Um, now I'm in this terrible shirt. I, I, I feel like a, like, like, a, like, a, like a bag of shit, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm, I kind of know the feeling about, like, just going out of it, like... Um, because when we go out, you know, we still got the puppy. So when it's like, I'm just going to go out to get something, my wife's like, no, I'll come with you and we'll bring the two dogs. Mm. It's just like, oh, it's just like the angst that goes through your body yeah. is just like, yeah, this could have been a two minute process. Now I'm going to be out for like 15 minutes. And I'm not going to do what I want. Yeah. Do. And mine always involves, oh, we need to pick up this. We need to stop here. Like it's, it becomes a trip. Whereas I want to put on that one song I want to listen to, 
grab my <laughs> my sausage egg and cheese sandwich, wolf it down my face in the car like a like a like a savage that I am, and then come back and feel bad about myself for like a half hour. Oh yeah, I mean, number one, I'm like you. When I'm in the car, all I want to do is listen to the radio, and there's there is no more more angry I can get than when there's like a good song that comes on or something I haven't heard for a while and then like the wife brings up like the dumbest subject humanly possible and talks over the song yeah. like there is just like flames my wife out of my eye as I look at her like why are we talking about this my right wife now? has this thing where we go like say we were doing said trip and I put I'm listening I'm a big listen to podcast guy in the car I love a lot of podcast and I'm like listen or sports radio whatever it is she has this thing where she just turns it down like turns it down to like volume four and I'm like I, 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 I'm like this is my car um, in your car you can listen to what you want to listen to and she's like, it's just a little loud. And she'll be like, so say I go to volume 15, she'll always have to like touch it to 13. If I turn the air conditioning up to 9 out of 10 or whatever it is, she'll just dial it back down to 6 out of 10. If it's, I have heated seats in the in the Jeep, you know, if I put them on for both of us, she'll bump it up one. <laughs> like, it, it's like a, like a sensory thing. And it drives me crazy because I'll be like, Oh, they're talking about, I don't know, the Mets game last night that I didn't see. And then she'll just turn it almost all the way down. And it, the rage, the rage of, I want to stop the car and literally be like, you're going to walk home. You're going yeah. to walk home. Let me exactly. eat my sausage egg and cheese. And then I'll pick up sausage egg and cheese and then probably feel bad and pick you pick, pick yeah. you up. You'll, you'll be eating your sausage <laughs> egg and cheese, see your wife on the side of the highway, and you're like, all right, I'll let you back uh, in. Uh, All right, you know what? The AC can't go down to six. It's it, fine. It's a little, it's a little chilly. Today, yeah, and she'll be like, know? "Didn't you, didn't you have one of those already?" <laughs> the sandwich. <laughs> then, then you let it. You can walk again. I don't want to hear this stuff. I don't. know. Do you have like a like a guilty pleasure food? Like where you're just like, screw it. I'm not thinking about health. I'm not thinking about anything. This this is my this is something I'm gonna wolf into my face. Well. I was, I'm a 24 by 7 breakfast burrito guy. Okay. I absolutely love them. And I'm so kind of down. Like, uh, we're, we, by my work, there's uh, this like gas station place, QT. It's, it's the equivalent to like the big 7 Elevens, Wawa's, whatever you want to say, up north or whatever. Yeah. And they used to have, they you should know, just be called, they bread. should just be called passable food places. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's food. Yeah, it's technical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um they would have a a thing where you could set up make your own burrito and they had the ultimate breakfast burrito which oh. had bacon and oh. had sausage and oh. pepperoni. Uh, pepperoni. Fried Yeah. Okay. I, I would get they would have sausage gravy in it. <laughs> I would get fried jalapenos put into it. The thing had to weigh two and a half pounds. <laughs> like I, and every time I would that would be my lunch, like every time. Like oh. it's like the COVID thing, where yeah. it's like I would only go into work like once or twice a week. That would be my go-to lunch, and now I just wolf it down. And like for an hour and a half, you would feel it oh. dragging down your stomach, and you didn't care because it was the most amazing thing. And it just kills me because they kind of redid it to um, where they set up where they just put out food like you don't order stuff and they no longer 
for, first off, so, I'm yeah. loving that you're prefacing this with "it kills me." Um, yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kills me that I can't kill myself. Yeah, yeah. With <laughs> <these> large <laughs> breakfast burritos. No, I'm, I haven't weighed myself since my week of of garbage food, but. Mm. I'm thinking you could put on a cool seven to eight pounds just wolfing down breakfast burritos or, my, in my case, sausage, egg, and cheeses. Um, I mean, that burrito, you're saying, I mean, if you did a week of that, I think you, I think you could hit 10 pounds in a week. Oh, easily. There's no <laughs> doubt. There is, there's no way you can have a light version of this breakfast <laughs> burrito. You, this is like the double armor, like... You can't worry about napkins. You got to do it afterwards because your hands are just going to be smothered in oil and Ugh. sausage gravy. Dude, I eat in the car on the drive too. Like, I see people doing that. And I'm always like, oh god, come on. Um, but I do it too. I just go through it. You get it out of the car. There's little sausage and biscuit flakes between your mm-hmm. between your legs. You're brushing them off the seat. It is like that. That is the. That is the forty-year-old um, <laughs> walk of shame. That is, it's like the drive, but that is just you, fat bastard. Like you needed that. You needed to put that in your face before you got home. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of funny. Like as you, you preference your uh, breakfast sandwiches. Like I, I brought up before, we have a gas station right by our place. It's like homemade biscuits, and you have breakfast sandwiches. I was over there recently. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the gas they, station has truly homemade biscuits. Yeah, no, dude, I'm, <laughs> South is different. People have legit restaurants inside of gas stations. I, I mean, can't. I mean, they taste like it they you. taste like gasoline, but they're pretty good. No, it, it, I, I can't even like <laughs> people were like legit barbecue people. It's like, where is this barbecue place? They're like, well, is that the Exxon? It's yeah. like, no, they can't be. And I try to explain to people, I'm like, I'm from the North. Like, if you tried to say, I got a great slice of pizza at the Shell, nobody's going to want to hear it. But in the South, <laughs> that's like a legit thing. But in any case, like, they have all different types. The bacon sausage, fried bologna, oh. hot links. <laughs> like, one of them they did recently now up there is salmon. And it's one of those. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not sure how it tastes. So, salmon, egg, and cheese on a on a homemade biscuit. So the allure is Georgian gas station salmon, salmon, <laughs> salmon biscuits. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. I look at him like I weirdly want to try it, but at the same time, my brain keeps on saying, "How good can this?" You have, salmon breakfast sandwich. You have feet. to try it now. You have to. Yeah, it, it, it's on the to-do list. It's yeah. on the bucket list. You know how one of, our, die, one of our fans sure mentioned that. that, like, oh, yeah, Scott loves mentioning the bodily foods, but you gotta you got to report back to us and tell us if you – you should probably have a plumber <laughs> on, uh, on ready to go after, after something like that. That that sounds atrocious, but good. It's probably yeah, good. Yeah, that's one of those – it's probably I stop good. Off and I go back home. I can't be doing the 50 minute drive to work because I'm not sure <laughs> if I can make it that time. And then I got to start figuring out what's the closest like uh, grocery store where I can run into the bathroom in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but God, it's 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 so easy to get fat. <laughs> it's so easy. Like hmm. my life just halt, halted for like ten days, basically. Not all because of the floors, but because I had things going on the weekend and moving into the house and nothing set up. 
I, I did I did no gym. I ate like crap. At night, what am I going to do? Well, we have nothing to do, so might as well start having some beer. Like, every single night was the same thing. Like, I, I, like, I, I, I looked in the mirror today. I, I feel okay with how I look, but physically like you could just feel it after a week you could feel you're a little more sweatier than normal <laughs> you're you're uh you're a little bit more you, like the underwear isn't fitting quite exactly the way it usually does it's rolling mm-hmm. up and getting getting sweaty in certain spots starting that to put that <laughs> notch down once on the belt and all it's yeah like, I, don't, I don't know why it's not feeling yeah. right or it'll feel right and then you sit down and you're like Oh, yeah, the, the, the drive home, the belt buckle is pushing into the lower belly a little bit, and you're like, "Oh mm-hmm. man, this is uncomfortable." Must have shrunk in the wash, and <laughs> you know, yeah. you know it didn't. You know, you like, just, every excuse in the world. The lower belt goes sinking under the belly, where you actually look down. And you're like, I don't see my seatbelt right now. <laughs> like that kind of, like you're like, oh, there's something wrong with my life. But, yeah, like you know, they brought back the burrito, so I gotta go get one. You're hot. You're just you're just hot, hotter than normal. Like the weather is hot, but you're like, it must be a hundred out here. You look, it's eighty one. You're like, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is. It is really easy to just let yourself go. Like I feel like I'm back on the on the on the train a little bit. Like I or or back on the wagon, if you will. But man, falling off the wagon is pretty fun and pretty terrible at the same time with your with your health and your eating. That's when you just gotta like look yourself in the mirror. It's like all right, during lunch you gotta make a salad. You gotta I know you prep some dinner. You know, you did. And when you get up, you're not getting that that biscuit sandwich. No, you are going to have your oatmeal, a little mm-hmm. Greek yogurt. Yeah, yeah, It'll yeah, be yeah, fine. Yeah. No, don't put don't put all that sugary fruit on there. Don't, don't do it. Don't drive don't past the quick check. Don't drive past the quick check. The quick check's right it's there. It's one of those. You it's better two- have a full tank so you don't have an excuse to pull into that gas station. It's two ninety nine for that delicious piece of shit that you want to eat. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. But anyway, I feel like I'll segue out of my my grossness, but I am I am happy to be back. I am I am very happy to be back. And I feel like our guest will will appreciate this uh this downfall of mine. He's been through a lot of his own personal downfalls and is very open about his uh usages of uh substances and and, and whatnot, but he is also he's also the front man of if you're from New Jersey um, which Mike, you are originally from, and uh, I am. I am currently here. Uh, the band Monster Magnet has been around for. I think we're getting close to thirty, forty years, or uh, and whatnot. Um, uh, they had a couple big hits in the nineties. Uh, Space Lord being one of them. Um, I was telling Mike before we did this cast. I used to always confuse them when they're on the radio for for Soundgarden during that whole grunge era. Um, but we have Dave Windorf coming on the show and, uh, Dave has been the front man of monster magnet. They've gone through a bunch of lineup changes, but he's still doing his thing. He's still writing music and he's just like, he's like the epitome of a guy that just wants to make rock music and, (laughs) and that's it. You know, he doesn't want any, uh, any, any other life responsibilities. Um, so I'm very excited to get Dave on the line. So without further ado. 
Here is Dave Windorf of Monster Magnet. Hey, hey. Hey, Dave. What's going on? What's going on? How are you? What is? Where are you? I'm in uh, Denville, New Jersey, and Mike's down in uh, Georgia. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You still? Yeah, I was gonna say you still in? Are you still in Red Bank? Oh yeah. 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 Lifetime Red Bankian. Like a, a block away from the hospital I was born. <laughs> <laughs> crazy yeah. man those doctors it, keep track of you yeah. in, in the house i grew up in oh really <laughs> yeah yeah i grew up in woodbridge so I, I was able to see red bank kind of transform into like the nice town that it is now it's a little bit too nice now, now so comfortable i was going i was going to ask you how uh do you do you like do you enjoy the the red bank of now or is it kind of like eh, you know no yeah. I, I i only go out at night yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's like if, if I ride my bike around and stuff, but I don't like. There's nothing in town anymore. It's not like there's cool stores or anything. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, Dave, thanks for giving us a few minutes here on the uh, on the show. It's it's cool to cool to have you on. Um, yeah, I appreciate. I guess my, my first question, is it is it like shocking to you? Because whenever you, you, know, you look up someone's bio or start getting ready for an interview and you're like, okay, let's see how long Monster Magnet's been around. When did this, is it shocking to you to think that you've been active at this for, we're what, one year away from 40 years? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect this thing to go more than three years. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I knew is that, it, you know, I was like, uh, I had been in another band before. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that was for about six or seven years. And then I was out of music for a couple of years. And then I started writing it. And I was like, well, the next time I go into music, I don't care what happens, but I, I'm not going back to regular life. Right. I just can't handle, like, real life. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rock, the whole rock and roll thing was made for me. So, But I didn't think Monster Magnet would go that far. Yeah. I thought people would just think it was like total, like, you know, just the weirdest shit out. I mean, it's so, uh, <laughs> well, it, it, it's eccentric. Yeah, know, of course. Track, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, leaning into that, what you were talking about. So Shrapnel was your original band yeah. and uh, you kind of left that and got out of it. Was there something specific that you did during that time frame where you're in between stuff, trying to figure yourself out? Like, before you know, work, work shit, work shit jobs. You know, work shitty jobs, um, like always since I was a kid, and uh, and just got over the fact that I, I didn't think I was going to be in music anymore because I didn't know how to play guitar. So yeah, I learned how to play guitar in that time. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. What what kind of so when I was like twenty five, twenty five or twenty six, I learned how to play guitar, and then I started writing songs, and I was like, oh, all right. Then I just got into the hobby of making stuff you know like oh man it would be cool if uh this sound went to that sound and all of a sudden i started writing songs by myself for real as opposed to how i heard them as opposed to uh uh the way i wrote it before which was just you know kind of little kid stuff you get in a room with somebody else and just kind of make things up this was definitely like i want to write psychedelic rock music like the kind that i listen to all the time I was going to ask you, what were your like main influences? Like, were you a punk rock kid? Were you just like a, a metal kid? Because your your music really 
it, it, it touches into all different avenues. If you, if you look, listen to monster magnet all, all yeah. through, but what was your main influence growing up? I was born at a weird time. So when I was a kid, when I was 11 or 12, when I was like 11, that was the birth of, of heavy music. So there wasn't anything. I was there when the, like Hendrix came out. Mm-hmm. It was, there was nothing before that. I didn't live in a land of like, oh, yeah, old metal. There was nothing there. Right. It was like Jimi Hendrix, Blue Cheer, and then Led Zeppelin, all in about three years. Black Sabbath. All the heavy bands, there was about, what, eight of them. <laughs> right. And everything else was like you know, uh, you know, Neil Young, stuff like that. So that's my influences from that time. Um, and uh, it was awesome. It was the best time ever. Way better than now. Now there's too much. But back then it was like well, the bands the, the bands that did survive were really, really, really good and separated from each other. So I, that was my main influence was uh, those bands and uh, and the kind of the vibe of that time, which was brand new stuff was coming out that wasn't def- ever defined before. It was really cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it was really, and like, you know, when somebody says, hey, there's a new, you know, I, nobody said it, but I walk into a store and there's the first Black Sabbath and it just came out last Tuesday. It's like blew my mind. Like, yeah. what is this sound? Yeah. <laughs> nobody had been that happy. So then over the years, when I finally did get into a band, it was in kind of a punk pop band. But when I wrote my own music later, it went back to the time when I was like 11, 12. Mm. And when Monster Magnet came out, this is probably a difficult time for kind of getting a new vibe because we're going from hair to like the grunge and then you guys are your own group I mean yeah we got signed on the, sign we got signed on the grunge in the grunge wave you know there's there was like in corporate rock they would sign waves of music mm-hmm. so you know um, we'd come up through an indie we came up through like a late 80s indies and they were going to uh, labels like SST there was a label like called SST back then and they had uh, Soundgarden, original Soundgarden, before they went major, and there was a butthole surfers were around, oh. and uh, before Nirvana, this before there were Screaming Trees, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there was a bunch of British stuff that was really cool too, like the uh, Cult with Ian Asbury, you know. So rock was coming back, um, and it wasn't hair metal, you know. Rock was coming back, and it wasn't the hair metal that was there, and and it wasn't metal. And I, I always hated metal. I thought metal was shit, you know, because I, I saw the original. So I thought like Iron Maiden and all that stuff, that stuff was just second grade to me. You know, it was just like, ah, we've already seen Deep Purple Black Sabbath do that. So I came up through the grunge thing, weird bands like that. And I was going for uh, something that wouldn't be uh, perceived as heavy metal. So that's why I signed with those guys, those little labels. Yeah. Then we got signed by a big one. So when you, so Monster Magnet, you know, we, we know the, the couple big hits they had. And, you know, it's funny growing up in Jersey, I, I just remember here Monster Magnet shows. And, and um, mm-hmm. it's funny enough. I was just at a record store the other day up here in Dover, this new record store that opened up big factory. 
and uh, there's like a whole New Jersey section, and I see Monster Magnet, and I was like, oh, that's kind of, you know, it, it was displayed, and, and I'm like, oh, cool. Um, when did you know you guys kind of like, okay, you had some, now I know like growing up in Jersey, you had like, a, or you probably still have a kind of like a, a group of hardcore fans that, that follow you around and, 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 and love everything you do, but when did you guys know like, okay, we're kind of breaking outside of that and reaching more people, where the show's getting bigger, where, what was going on? What was really, the- it's really weird. It was kind of half-assed backwards. No, we didn't have a lot of people that liked us here. Actually, nobody liked us. Um, Nobody had ever heard of us. I had to go to Germany. Then I went to Europe. That's where we got big. And then we came back. We went to I went to Europe because I knew America was there was no way in, in on earth, maybe by accident, somebody would get into magnet here. I mean, I knew people some people would maybe, but it didn't fit what was going on. You know, it wasn't Nirvana. It wasn't Pearl Jam. Right. It wasn't Maiden. It wasn't Metallica. You know, I was like, I, I couldn't see America really going for that. But Europe was different. So I went there. We went there in 1990 and 91. And it was a hit. I see a cat. Stubby right over there. Yep. So I went to Europe to do it and it worked. Like I couldn't believe it. It worked. By the time we got back, we had a major, like all these major American labels looking to sign us. After we got on a major American label, it was, you know, it was a big rock company. So they started releasing singles and slowly, steadily over the course of three records, they we got a little bit more popular. And then we had a big video on MTV and a big hit with uh, uh, eventually on the third record, Space Lord. Space Lord, yeah. yeah. And that was a big old hit. You know, that was like a regular good, like, you know, top number one rock, right. active metal or whatever. Hit like that. I was totally surprised. And that's when I realized. I was like, wow, this really worked. I can't. I thought I was going to be just this, you know, we were going to fly under the radar, like kind of an indie rock band. And so I was surprised. Yeah. It was great. It was cool. <laughs> Tell me about the vibe of the band as you were trying to get bigger. Was it still the same feeling was when you started? Because you were you were the only one left from the original band come the fourth record. Am I right? Um, let's see. We The original band did it all the way up to Space Lord. Okay. Was still the original band. Except we, we added, so I added Phil. Gotcha. We had another guitar player. And uh, so everybody was there, but they were, at that point, kind of burnt. And they were, the original guys weren't really that into it. They just kind of went along for the ride, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things. Like, there's bands like that. They're like, well, okay, you know, I guess. I was writing all the songs, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was still your life, and them, it's just like. I was, man, I was totally dedicated to the rock. You know what I mean? It's like, this is all I ever want to do. I never want to work a day job again. I will die. You know? I mean, you guys know what it's like out there. So you can live your whole life just working some shitty job. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I'm a high school dropout. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no chance for me. It's just going to be me hanging around the 7-Eleven or going to jail. <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't care what. I am never coming back. So you're, you and know, I don't care if anyone else is into it or not. I'm going. 
I, I love it. Yeah, I love. I love that you're mm. still you're still doing this. Now you've been very candid in, in interviews and whatnot about drug use, overdose. I mean, you're still go, doing this forty years later. <laughs> how how do you manage? Like, have you managed to to kind of calm that down and channel it creatively, or are you just still live in the same way you've always lived? Yeah, I just had to say no after a while because you know yeah. what happens is that along the ride. When you get that ride, that up and down ride to mm-hmm. the rock and roll system, mm. you know, because that was one of the last bands to get signed in the, in the old last bands, the rock bands to make it. Well, I guess new metal did it too, but those were like the last guys that really got signed by big record companies and made big money and big, you know, big. And right. now it's so small, you know, nobody. Yeah. But it, it, along with that comes a like, you're big, you're small, you're big, you're small, you lose your fucking mind. So I'm <laughs> running around the world. That's how I got into drugs. It wasn't, mm. the kind of drugs that got me in trouble was the kind of drugs that make you go to sleep at night because you're working too hard. Yeah. You know, it wasn't mm. like me taking acid when I was 17. <laughs> like, oh, I took too much acid so I couldn't play. Yeah. This was completely <laughs> How I do it afterwards is just like, okay, What's more important? You know? Uh, is it music? The getting high part? The playing live part? The girls? The girls? I mean, that was a huge reason. You know, it's like, I didn't want to, like, live a normal life or the life that was presented to me by my limitations as a citizen, an American citizen who's, like, not trained to do anything. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have the brain for it. And I was like, okay. So if I if I take out the drug part of it, I'll be all right. That way I could still travel around the world, write albums, make music, meet girls, no brain. Take the drugs away. Yeah. yeah. Take the drugs away. <laughs> it was tough. Simple. It was tough. I mean, it's a simple decision. It's harder to pull off, but you could do it. Right? It's so funny how like um you talk about you know, your times are big, your times are small, but just, just some crazy influence, just looking up stuff, how, like, your mascot influence, uh, the Kid Rock song, Bull God. I uh, know! You, <laughs> uh, you, you got uh, a Marvel character named after one of your songs, you got Matt Hardy <laughs> coming out to your music and all. I mean, does that kind of, is it just like, uh, just a normal thing where you're just like, oh, good for me. No, it, it, it totally blows my Like, Jesus. No, it totally blows my mind every time. It humbles me every time. It's like uh, I stumbled just by making shit happen. I think I, what, that the lesson lesson to learn is like if you go, I think most people, if, if you go and you really are into something, eventually that enthusiasm is going to show up somewhere else. Right. And it showed up a lot more than I ever thought it and I'm just totally like, well, golly, I can't believe, you know, this, that someone, you know, named, named a Marvel character, like, you know, um, you know, Grant Morrison, one of the best comic books in the right, in, in the, in the world, comic book writers in the world. You know, he named an X-Men character after a, a magnet song, um, called Negasonic Teenage Warhead. <laughs> yep. Uh, we were in Spider-Man, um, we, you know, influenced, seemingly influenced a lot of people. Yeah, all I can say is, like, you never know. 
I guess if you try hard enough, um, things happen. If you move forward, you make waves. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, you're talking about the era that you guys kind of started and got big, where I, I feel like the album was was still a thing. It was still about getting that album and checking out the art, and listening to it as a full piece instead of you know, singles. And I optimistically kind of see that coming back with with vinyl kind of being really big again and you know i still like going and finding an album and I, like streaming is one thing but there is a whole market for you know vinyl and, and and picking albums back up so that leads me to kind of some one of the things that you're doing you're you're reissuing uh what monolithic baby and four-way diablo um yeah are these tell us about like what it what really reissuing kind of means is is it pressing new new albums and do you see like a new market kind of forming falling in love with the albums i think they'll never go away completely yeah well i mean this is the way when you reissue stuff especially in our case at this point this stuff was kind of locked up in publishing jail for a okay. while so it's not even on it's not even on spotify or apple music Oh, okay. So anybody who, you know, you know, most people, that's where they go for their music. Right. Vinyl, tiny. um, So what this means to me would be like the whole world of streaming music. Now all the albums are included instead of albums being left out. Okay. You know, so if someone decides to go to Monster Man and never heard Monster Man before, oh, these guys got like 11 albums. I thought they only had you know, eight. Right. Or, you know, um, hmm. it's important. Like when, when you go through your, uh, it's important to have a bunch of stuff catalog, you know, it's like, I'm a rock band. that has been around for, you know, since late eighties, early nineties, but I, you know, my band should be counted for every album it did. You know? So the vinyl release is great because that means collectors and people who love vinyl can get it too. Um, I think one of those things might have come out at a time when there wasn't a lot of vinyl coming out. Yeah. Mm. But mainly, it's just like a reintroduction of just the the catalog of... of Gotcha. So so what are you doing now, music-wise? Do we have new Monster Magnet material coming out? Are you still writing frequently? Or what's what's going on with Monster Magnet? I should be writing right now, but it's just late. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now it's like... The 21st century is a weird time. You know what I mean? Like, I got to tell you guys, there's been way, way, way better times than the times we're living in. And sometimes I'm like, fuck it. What do I need to write new music? There's, everybody's writing new music. It's just a sea of fucking shit. Hmm. Nobody pays attention to it. Nobody really listens, sits down and listens to it. I can get really, really bummed out. Yeah. Uh, but then I go out on tour like I do I, well till COVID we're on tour every year twice a year Europe is the main place we'll do, we'll do America maybe every three years four years okay. but Europe every year twice a year and then they go oh shit no 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 people really do listen you know they really do listen yeah so yeah um, I'll, I'll do another album and probably release it next year and, and get back out on the tour COVID got in the way of the tours yeah everybody mm. yeah with all the touring that you do, I always like to ask uh, performers this question. What is, like, a city that 
maybe most people wouldn't pop in their head saying, okay, that's a big Roxy or great venue that you just love going to. I always like Salt Lake City. Wow, that's... I think that's the first I've heard of that one. It's just the middle of no fucking nowhere. Because the girls are so hot. <laughs> yeah, and they're like Mormons and stuff, and they, and they, and they uh, the girls grow up very repressed. <laughs> so they were like, go, they go fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was, you know what I mean? They, they were really in it. Um, but there's lots of places like that that you'd never expect. It used to be the obvious ones like Detroit, Mm-hmm. Rock City, because it really is Rock City. And they still it fucking late. But little out-of-town ways in Michigan were always really, really good. And in Europe, little towns in Germany that you'd never expect, just over the top. Really good stuff. You never know where it's going to happen. The best, sometimes it's just luck of the evening mm-hmm. um, or just like-minded people. But yeah, I've had a lot of surprises. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, just a, kind of a side side note, um, it's funny I've heard you on uh, on Tell Them Steve Dave a few times with the guys over there at. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah These yeah. guys are my buddies. Like they, they, the store is just like five blocks from my house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are those guys like? I, I'm a big fan. I still listen to them weekly, kind of at the gym and 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 whatnot. I put on their podcast. What are those guys like? Jersey guys, yep. very nice guy, very Jersey. Yep. <laughs> um, as you know. Yep. Um, they got their thing. They got it down. You know, it's like Walt Flanagan's a really, really good friend of mine. Um, from just from going to the store and talking comics. Like, him and I are like total old old school comics, 60s and 70s comics. Yep. yep. So we're really in on that. The rest of the guys aren't been into that comics, but they, um, they bonded in a way with the podcast thing coming off of, of a uh, comic book man and made a living at it. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Insane. That's cool. Yeah. Like Walt doesn't even have to work at store anymore. Yeah. He, he doesn't, right. He's done. He's done with that. No. Right? Yep. Done. It's amazing. It's amazing. Did you ever all cool guys, nice guys. Yeah. You ever collab? I feel like you and Walt, Walt's artwork would go really well with monster magnet style. You ever collaborate with him for any, uh, I haven't, but, Thinking about it, yeah, we're both thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. that's an excellent mm. one. We're coming up on t- uh, one question I have for you is living on in Red Bank. What is the most Jersey Shore thing about you, and what's the least Jersey Shore <laughs> thing about you? It's weird. It's like we're right above what you would consider the Jersey Shore. Right before. Yep. So you notice I'm not talking like it's a Jersey Shore. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I don't I don't particularly think, I mean, you know, of myself as a Jersey Shore guy. Mm. Um, although I did spend a lot of time when I was a kid in Asbury Park. The most Jersey Shore thing about me is that I probably lose my temper <laughs> as fast as a Jersey Shore temper. Yeah, yeah. Because it's Point Jersey, you right. know, and we're like this. It's like a beehive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the least is just off the chart. It's like I don't feel like that. It's not like I want to go down to um, the boardwalk and drink beers. Or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I'm funny. Like, I've been out of state for now almost five years, and it's funny when you're in the state, you don't want to talk to people. You just keep to yourself. 
when you're out of state and then somebody's talking they're like yeah from jersey it's like that instant but oh my god mm-hmm. handshake oh yeah that's a, oh yeah that's a really good uh, that's a really good uh, observation um i think because they, they all know what you know what it feels like so you're like oh thank god somebody else knows what it's like yeah, yeah. someone else has this <laughs> sickness that i have yeah. <laughs> the place i grew up in is like it's an old town it's not like there's suburbs all around us but this is an old town right you know that was built during after before the civil war so it's got old streets and stuff and i don't really feel like a suburban guy i feel like a townie um but an old school townie yeah, that's weird. And Jersey's changed a lot. I mean, there are a lot of people from up north that have come down here now. So, it I think the the Jersey Shore, as they call it, that really wasn't the way the Jersey Shore was fifty years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's because people from Staten Island moved down. Yeah, I mean, I, I visit my hometown in Woodbridge to go see my parents all the time, and it's so it, the, the congestion. It's amazing. It's just like a condo, an apartment complex going up on every corner. You can't even get you can't even get through there. Doesn't look the same. No, no. And there, there, there's no green. There's no tree. <laughs> no. no woods to go to. It's like where's the woods? No, it's just highways and condos every, everywhere. Yeah. But uh, Dave, I uh, I love talking to people who've been who've done what they've wanted to do and, and stay creative and haven't changed. So I, I want to thank you for coming on the show for a few minutes here. We really that's oh, my pleasure. Appreciate the time. I, I guess my my last question before you go is. Um, you know, we're talking about re-releasing albums and, and doing this for so long. How, what's the difference between 26-year-old Dave and 64, 65-year-old Dave as, uh, Dave as far as staying creative and, and doing what you do? Is there is there, Are they two complete different people or are they... Um... Uh, they're pretty much the same person except that the, the, uh, the, the old Dave gets tired easy. Meaning <laughs> <laughs> like get tired, yeah. like physically tired, but not as much physical tires like yeah, I've done that before right you know like what else is there you know so you start to as you can imagine I don't know how old you are but you know you get to a certain age you're like you know I've done this right a million times yeah. there's gotta be something else you know <laughs> what should I do take up skeet shooting you know religion <laughs> um, the, the trick is I, I get really really bored yep and then it all seems new again. I'm like, woo, like the drug OD. When I drug, when I OD on drugs, that was like, I was like 49, 50. Mm. Um, which shows you it's never too late to make a fucking horrible mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I got over that, it took me about like a year. Everything seemed new to me again. It was like a like a reboot. Right. I was like, hey. Beautiful. Um, so I think that's the key. Uh, it was just kind of, really get really bored <laughs> and and it's hard and it's harder to get bored these days man the computer and the internet and stuff i mean there's bored and then there's really <laughs> so exactly. what i'll do is like unplug the internet unplug everything yeah yeah and go two weeks without phone or anything. i mean i'll make a I'll, I'll, you know, i can call my family but nothing no texting no nothing Believe me, after two weeks of that, you'll be like, I feel like writing a song. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Beat, beat yourself <laughs> down. Staring yeah. at you. Know? And plus, the whole COVID thing and the politics of the last bunch of years has been so insane. It has been, entertainment-wise, the greatest show on Earth. I don't think anything, not even World War II, was covered this 
was covered that by that much press. Right. So I think the whole world mm-hmm. just kind of like started looking and probably not doing a whole hell of a lot. You know? Yeah. I haven't seen any great art come out because of this. You know, like it's shit, man. I was around in the, in the late '60s, and when we had a time that was very close to this, it seemed like apocalypse. You know, I mean. Charles Manson, the hippies were killing people. It was like, the hippies, the love generation has gone crazy. It was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. There was Nixon in the White House. He was like this evil guy. Yeah. Um, there was the Vietnam War. They were sending 17-year-old kids from your town. Like, oh, the government was like, people were out of their fucking minds. And it was worse than that. You know what I mean? Especially if they're picking, you know, like, like, hey, dude, Want to go to war? No, you have to. Yeah. God bless America. Right. Um, I said, fuck you. And, but the, the world responded with a counterculture and a music that was amazing. Right. Right. But this time, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe, 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 maybe we're still a little early on that. And hopefully, uh, with your new. Early? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> What, it's got to get worse. Yeah, we need a nuke. Maybe yeah. some good rock and somebody gets nuked. Yeah. We need that, a nuke. That's why I want a nuke. I want some good music. Yeah. Yeah, great name for a song. We well, need a it's nuke. Not, uh-huh. you know, it's weird. It's, like, it's not like there's. It's not like there's good or bad music. It's just I. You just I don't get the feeling that things yeah. that as far as music and all that stuff that there's any need for a change. Yeah. I mean, people are fine. Everyone's in their little brain silos. Metal guys are metal guys. They review the records like they're reviewing their sports teams. This guy's heavier. This guy's better. This guy shreds more. This guy has better screen. It's like sports. It's not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, you know, counterculture fucking. Hey, man, these kids or these people came out and are freaking everybody out. They're not freaking anybody. Yeah. Metalheads are not scaring anyone. No. It's an old man's game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. Where are the kids? You know, those are kids. So that's why I like Europe because Europe you can forget all that stuff. You know, it's like it's a real freak town. Dave, thank you so much for your time, man. Good luck with the re reissue. I'm bummed out. I don't want to bum you. Oh, no, it's okay. Oh. I, I'm I'm always bummed out, so don't don't worry about it. No. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, I am. I mean, that's why I talk like I do because yeah. I'm like. Don't ever tell them the truth. <laughs> but we're coming up on time here. Dave, thank you so much. And uh, good luck with thank the new guys. albums. Good luck with the release. And uh, stay safe out there. And thank you. Yeah. Take care. All right. The one and only Dave Windorf. Now, to celebrate Dave Windorf, Mike has agreed to sing all of Space Lord um, acapella, which I thought was a really sweet gesture. Uh, we talked about it before the show. I asked him if you're ready. Uh, do you think it'll play to the audience? Um, and he said, no, 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 I, I got this. Um, I've been warming up on my drives to uh, <laughs> the gas station. Uh, QT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Mike, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for <clears throat> And I said, oh, space, Lord, mother, mother. Uh, that was about the song. Oh, I, I thought the beginning when you were going, uh, that was the weekend song. I'm drowning, by the, blinded by the light, and I can see from. I was like, that, that's not, that's not a uh, monster magnet, but 
Oh, no. Well, it was close enough. Close no. enough. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I got to give credit. Like, after all these years, like, that is just one of those great, like, opening riffs where you just, yeah. oh, this is building up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here comes the Space Lord, baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's how I react, but uh, I do think no. it's a good... Re- I don't go, here go. Uh, I mean, I'm in my car with my burrito <laughs> doing that, and all you're saying, I'm the only guy? Oh, and then your wife just interrupts it or wants to, oh, t- yeah. wants to talk, and you're like, yeah, like the, the Space Lord was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Not interrupt the Space Lord. And the worst part is, like, you have to... When you have series, you have to go right to the beginning. You have to then wait back for that moment. You can't just go back ten seconds. Yeah, it doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same feel. Like if you stop it and then start it right again, you need to build up into it. You need the that that swerve and the volume and the the bridge to chorus kind of thing. I I, I get it. Um, Mike, when I, I when I was in Germany uh, three weeks ago. Uh, I visited a Nazi castle. Oh. Family owned? Yeah, yeah. I went to see some relatives, you know. (laughs) They keep up with the business, or is it things gone down since that whole uh, loss? (laughs) You know, you know, the economy's hit everyone hard. It's, uh, you know, they're a little down, but they'll they'll push through. They'll push through. Oh, okay. Did did COVID screw up things over there? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No one, no one to kill. Everyone was home. You know. Ah, man, it's. You just calling them up? Are you sure you can't come back into work? Well, come on now, it's lonely in camp. No, um, the people we we stayed with, they were like, I was like, yeah, I'd like to see some like, um, you know, some architecture or something cool. Like I know there's a lot of castles in Germany, and this castle was from the, I think they said it was made in the 13th century or or, or something crazy like that, or started. And they're like, yeah, there's one like 20 minutes from here, and we went, and it was, it was closed, but you could still go like wander around the, the grounds and, and whatnot. And uh, the castle was where I went. Um, Himmler, who was like Hitler's right hand man, uh, had basically had the castle renovated and turned into like. A fortress slash where they had planned to be the center of the world when their um, when their their mission was carried out and uh, they conquered the countries they wanted. I'm assuming where they they cleansed all the people they didn't want and, and when when it was done and Germany took over the world. This was supposed to be the the um, the main hub or the center of the world base, basically. The epicenter of hate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the castle itself was was beautiful, and the Germans have turned it into it's a museum, and it's also like a youth hostel now. Like um, people could uh, y- you could stay there, uh, you could visit there. It's it's just like huge, beautiful old building. But then like you read the pamphlet, and it's like. Oh, this is where the Third Reich uh, set up their military things. This was the Watt Lookout Tower. This was the the thing that uh, would 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 help uh, decipher plans for concentration camps and whatnot. It was a 
Really, really, really pretty fascinating. You figured they would just leave a gap right there. Like, just talking about, on oh, the early days, they used this architecture, blah, blah. Fast forward to, say, yeah. about 50 years. Yeah. Now it's a youth hostile. Yeah, yeah. Anything uh, happen in between? Nothing that we can yeah, remember. Yeah. Reno- renovations, renovations. Yeah, there are some guys there, you know. We don't talk about them that much. It makes me like wonder if there's like, <laughs> like an old janitor there that's still trying to keep the the, the, the Nazi dream alive. Like you know, <laughs> just giving you dirty looks as he sweeps Hans, the floor. You are not allowed to do the tour. Stop it. Stop talking to those children. Stop it. We warned you. Just like giving the evil eye to uh, any of uh, any, any Jewish brethren or or blacks or Christian or whatever, who, all the people they hated over there, just just kind of sweeping the floor angrily, like a guy that's still keeping that Nazi dream alive. Yeah, Hans, we are going to take your pension. Just sweep the floors. Stop talking to the guests. Let, let and sweep it, the damn floors, okay? Let it go, Hans. Let it go. We, we, we've been we've been done with that for a little while now. Hans, all I gotta tell you is Germany's 0-2 in those world wars. Right? <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Yeah. You're not the Dallas Cowboys. You have no rings. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just figured I'd mention I went to a to a Nazi castle. I don't know how it segway segues into anything else we're gonna talk about, but uh I'll let you figure it, that one out. It's kinda hard to you know, it's just a big uh mountain, you know, you just talking about like burritos and it's just like oh yeah. by the way, uh Side note, quick um, quick update. Did you any any progress on the Disney bathroom? Fans have been asking. I sent you the photos. You never put it on social media like I asked to. I sent you three photos. I could of my bathrooms. I could not a single ounce. However, of Disney in there. However, there was a nice uh, redskin. There was towel. an asterisk. In yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was an asterisk. In there. Yeah. yeah, so um, I, I have come to the conclusion: anytime I take pictures of my place, I, I before I send them, I'm like, all right, what is Scott going to concentrate? It's on? like a fun game of Where's Waldo, man. Like I, yeah. I got to look it over. Yeah, generally. Like sometimes when I did when I did the man cave picture, I didn't think anything, and then Scott found the picture of. Me in an old Washington uniform, like when I was seven, giving angry eyes. Yeah. It's like, what the hell is this? It's the greatest picture of all time. It, it's literally, I will, I'll put it up another 10, 15 times before this podcast oh, yeah. is done. Football season's coming up. You yeah. got to put it up there, man. Yeah. It, it, wish you a happy NFL season. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's, it's Mike with like a semi. Like a semi mullet, like a curly hair, big giant glasses, um, in the redskin. Sorry, with that, that's yep. what they were at the time. They were then. Yeah. Um, uh, it says like I don't know something like QB to watch or Player of the Year. Football's MVP was the big football, title in yellow. Football's MVP, and it's just it's the greatest picture because it looks like. He's just trying to get into character, you know, like looking kind of mean to to really sell the photo. It's my favorite picture. It's my favorite. Yeah. Picture. Well, as to reiterate that story, that was basically back in I think it was Bush Gardens, uh, that where they had it, where it's like, oh, you come in this booth and you take a picture, and it it's a fake little uh, <laughs> sports magazine or whatever magazine you wanted to have it for like girls and all that. So of course they had being a Redskins fan at the time. I. I said, oh, I want to put it on. It was the Theisman number seven. Oh, yeah. 
I put it on, and like the girl immediately, your, your immediately your right leg fell apart when you put it on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I couldn't go on one roller coaster after. That, but, uh, <laughs> but the lady who was taking the picture, she's like, smile, and my dad stopped her. She, he's like, no, he's a football player. He's on the cover of this magazine. He's got to look mean. Yes. Give her a mean face. And I gave him a mean face, and now it's Scott's favorite picture, and he's probably got it hung up in his new house. That's probably why he was out for so long. He had to get all the people to get, like, a big 20 by 40 picture of it up in his house. So Once I start actually, like, unboxing things and not living like a homeless man, uh, there's a good chance that might find its way up, like, where I podcast and just inspire me Um Absolutely. No, no, don't get scared by it. I gave a pretty mean look on that one. Yeah, but uh, so you sent me pictures of your bathroom. And I was yeah, like, we'll really? segue back to that. So I, I sent all three, and none of them have Disney stuff to answer the question from a couple weeks ago. However, in my main bathroom, I have embroidered Redskins <laughs> towels in there. And right. Scott found it. I think it took you four minutes to respond back with that yeah and i kind of explained that it was a wedding gift uh my uncle who's dating woman she's very talented with sewing and knitting and all that Race, racism and nazi castles and you know no 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 but um like uh, when she was asking like what would be a nice thing my uncle knows i'm a huge washington redskins fan so she knitted, embroidered the Washington Redskins emblem mm-hmm. on a couple of custom towels. Yeah, yeah. And very nice gesture and very lovely. Uh, things <laughs> happened after said wedding and so forth. A couple name changes happened. A couple. A but couple. I felt that I couldn't just like throw it away because it was a nice gesture and whatever. And they just kind of hang over our hot tub in our main bathroom these yeah towels. yeah yeah so like your nice gesture is you getting out of the shower and just drying your balls with the redskin no the oh, yeah. for display only they oh. are not for use towels so okay. i use our regular towels to dry off all my body parts <laughs> but not the redskins <laughs> towels so they're just on display. So you just display yeah. this this sad Native American man in your bathroom all day long. Is it, It's as I kind of explained, as everybody knows the running joke on the show is they were the Redskins. Literally, my first episode on the show is, what, what was it? You can't. You call it a redskin? Something, something, something like that. Effect. You can't say redskin. It's like episode 25. Mm-hmm. Um, then they were... Then there were big hubbub going on with like everything. Uh, was that the official term? The hubbub? Like, were they yeah. like, oh, yeah, Washington would like to release a statement about the hubbub that is surrounding yeah. the team. That may be their new name in a couple of years. <laughs> Washington hubbubs, I'm all in. I'm Absolutely. all in. <laughs> but um, with everything that happened socially during the 2020s and the pushback, finally they were forced to change the name. They were temporarily the Washington football team because they had to figure out a new name and they had to just quickly put something out there for the season. Mm -hmm. So they were the Washington football team. Then they kind of took another step back with Washington Commanders as our new name. And uh, I'm not sure you listened. Their big 
new fight song was changing two lyrics and just putting in commanders in both lines. Mm-hmm. No, I, didn't, but, I didn't hear this, but I'm, I'm sure it's great. Yeah, it's hail to the commanders, hail victory, fight for the commanders, fight for old DC. And then it's literally every other same lyric of the old Redskins. Well, it's great because with that one swoop, though, that one change, you guys solved racism. You yeah. solved prejudice. Uh, I mean, the country. Well, they did. Clearly, I didn't because I put up the towns. Yeah. The, I mean, the country's never been more in solidarity than, than ever now. Ever since. Absolutely. Once they changed that name, it feels like Black Lives Matter was like, it's okay, man. We're cool now. Uh, Native Americans got paid for their land uh, that we stole. You know, um, everything was settled on that that new deal. Well, absolutely. I mean, unity is in fold because of Washington, and that's why everybody unites outside and not in the stadium <laughs> when they play their games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, anyway, it's cool. I can't wait for the next picture. The next I spy a <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, picture that you you send our way. But uh, Perla, what do you got, uh, Scott? Um... <laughs> this is always interesting because I know what you have. So it's <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. So Scott, let's watch him explain this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Scott, as you recall. A few months back, I do. Recall. When you were just generally asking, "Do you have anything for the podcast?" and I said, "I mean, I may have a few things." And I just generally wrote, "I have erotic fan fiction from our audience mm. for an episode," right. and uh, it was a wild success. And we got a lot of comments. Oh, and, through the uh, roof! Yeah, the erotic fan fiction. Um, so I did another two stories. Now the first ones. I did were people kind of close to the fan base and all Kirby Chambliss, very close to your heart. Uh, and of course, uh, the other one, which slips my mind. Oh, yeah. I think it was Jonathan Antoine. <laughs> Jonathan Antoine. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Um, we kind of played along with that, but uh, <laughs> the other one, say, you know, the other one. <laughs> yeah. Very close to our heart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know what I said? When you give love like this, you can't just go for the big name, Scott. Okay. You can't just go for the headliners or whatever. So tonight, I have erotic fan fiction for some of the lesser known guests that were on the podcast. Now, before we get into this, let's take let, uh-huh. let's dive into a little bit of the the process of writing these things. So you're like. All right, babe. I got my burrito. Uh, uh-huh. I want some time alone. I got to go downstairs and prepare for the podcast. Yeah. And she's like, okay. He probably means like hook his microphone up, uh, settle in a little bit, maybe write like a bit. Instead, you're downstairs or in your corner or wherever you are. I don't know. Maybe you're freshly out of the shower, dried off with the red skin towel. And. You're like, I got to jot, jot some erotic fan fiction down. It, j- it just shows up, Scott. Oh, There's no man. way. It, it's like nature. You can't explain nature. Nature just happens. All right. You can't explain me erotic fan fiction. It just comes out of you. Spews out. Yeah. Spews out. All right. I am ready. Okay. So my goal is to guess who this is about, right? Yeah. 
So okay, okay. Let's set the tone. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. All right. If you play the music, just remember it can't. What you did the last time, it like took over the screen. I couldn't get back to my uh, to my story. <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't you start? I'll, I'll just handle the rest. Okay. All right. All right. You're waiting around by yourselves by a mountain. You signed by up a mountain. A yeah, you signed up for one of those outdoor adventures to try to get out of your comfort zone. But angst builds as you start to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Seeming out of nowhere, guess it's just you and me today. A rigorous, exciting person appears, full in a your gear, throws a bunch of equipment. You nervously fumble and take your time making your new friend impatient. They grab you. Here, let me show you how it's done. And take control. Patting him, grabbing belts and pulling, grabbing all over, asking, tight enough for you? After you give a nervous head shake, you both start walking to your destination. Your bride walks right in, but after a minute is it is befuddled to realize you're not behind her. You're just at the entrance of this cave. First time jitters? I I'm never you never entered a cave before, have you? <laughs> you shy your head away, not saying a word, but your partner knows exactly what is going on. I'm an expert. Let Pat show you the way. You're lunged into the cave. It's dark, warm. Push yourself into spaces you never thought would fit. You come out of the adventure, you're sweating, you're exhausted, but you're smiling. Your guide looks at you, belittled, ecstatic face. They just whisper in your ear, you're welcome to cave dive anytime you're brave enough with me as they walk away and leave you in your emotions. So that's uh, number one, Scott. Um, Hold on, I'm just, I'm just listening to this erotic music on my end, and it's just making it so much better. So let me live in this moment for a second. Okay, okay. Okay, you're swaying the heads back and forth. It's uh-huh. like a little man just calling out erotic calls. Um, you made an erotic fan fiction um, about an episode that kind of fell by the way. <laughs> like, what? I, I can't say we sit there and mention this one a lot when we talk about the the folklore of the show, if you will. Um, uh, probably not. Probably not. No, we're not like sitting there like uh, sit, trying to get guests and be like, "Hey, we had this person on the show. You should probably mm-hmm. come on too." Um, but this is erotic fan fiction about a woman by the name of Pat Cambesis, who was a cave diver, cave explorer. explorer. Um, and if I recall, she was pretty bland. She was kind of a, a little bit of no a, longer bland now. Huh? She, yeah, yeah, no. She, you, you're <laughs> you're making me want to see Pat in her element, if if if, yeah. if you will. Um, but that is about Pat Cambesis. <laughs> I got one more if you want, Scotty. Uh, oh, I mean, 
I mean, can, can you handle it? I mean, I mean, the eroticism that's coming through. I mean, you just had the uh, floors done. I, don't I mean, my, I talked about Listen. my clothes getting tighter, but this is for yeah. a, a different reason here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I got one more in me. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. All right, here we go. So, having issues finding a person truly into you. You've dated many people continue to feel your second priority to your loves they have to work late they want to watch the game and of course they're too tired to come out for you it's just endless you need some dedication drowning your sorrows at the bar all night long you realize it's getting late as you're about to take off a wide-eyed stranger catches your attention the stranger's laser focus on you. <laughs> Shocked to realize after a amount of time, you spent hours together. And the most amazing thing is they show no signs of being bored. No yawns. No dozing off. Not even a blink of the eye. The next morning, you wake up early to a text asking you for coffee. <laughs> The entire morning is full of conversation as your new friend spends their entire time staring at you and drinking coffee. For days, you wait for the shoe to fall off and for them to lose attention, and it does not happen. Late night texts answered immediately. Early morning caffeine runs right by your side. Even when you wake up from a night of passion, they are always there staring at you. You ever stop staring at me? My eyelids get heavier and heavier, but I don't dare let them close and stop looking at your beauty. You know, you can always take a break to prevent getting tired of me. Tiredness never exists. <laughs> but surely you want to relax, kick back, maybe take a nap, and think of something else from other than me. My dear, I once had a nightmare. I met the most beautiful creature I've ever seen and lost them. I vow to never dream for a minute and change the chance of losing you. You snuggle in their arms, realizing you've never been more comfortable in your life. Their bloodshot eyes gaze upon you, smiling, telling you, close your eyes, my dear. Dream for both of us. I will be here to continue to dream when you wake. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm going to start this off by saying, yeah. why are you so good at this detail and this? Do you? Where is this coming from? I was always a good writer. It's just. <laughs> I guess it's just working out. I don't. Yeah, I know you can write, but I've I've seen you write like comedy stuff and, and games. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is extra, extremely detailed and in depth. You're like the Quentin Tarantino of erotic fiction dialogue. Oh, thank you. I can't thank sleep you. without or caffeine runs, whatever. Um, this is also probably the most random guest you could possibly choose. Um, I know who this is. It is coffee expert Kevin 
Sinat. It's not him? It's not him. Oh. He's one of your quote unquote favorite guests that we've had. Oh, no. See, I was digging, I was, I was digging the caffeine runs, coffee, don't sleep. Uh, yeah. Emphasize don't sleep. Is it the guy who didn't sleep? Like the guy who said <laughs> that we didn't even, did we even put that episode out? Oh, we put oh, that yeah. one out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you recall, he was upset when we were done because I didn't go into talking about his herbal stuff that he wanted to promote. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So this is the sleep. Um, what, what would you call that? Sleep. Uh... He was had the, the unofficial world record for no sleep by going without oh sleep God. for 11 days. Yeah, what was his name? I lost it. You don't have the name written down of the guy you wrote the oh, you wrote a porn for? <laughs> Not a point. I didn't talk about like specifics. I just, I just, he's just very into you, and he he doesn't want to lose a moment of looking at his beauty. So let me let me get this straight. You wrote this yeah. five minute story about this guy, and you forgot who was about. To be fair, you probably forgot we even had him on the show. I mean, yeah, you yeah. literally said if we released that one. Well, I can't remember if he was the guy that we were like, this guy's boring. Um, I do remember all that. Like, not, we didn't like, uh, <laughs> we didn't love the interview because this guy wanted to talk about everyone. The sleep deprivation, that's the word I'm looking for. Deprivation, yeah. Um, wow, the sleep deprivation. See, I thought all the caffeine things were, gonna, were all centered around the coffee guy, uh. which threw me. Threw me, threw me. Well, now I got to write one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Why don't you sit me in dark and black and hot and right in the morning? I'm Kevin Sinnott, the coffee guy. <laughs> yeah, I think I got some competition for the next time. The way you're talking there. Well, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll take a shot at this. Maybe I'll, maybe, maybe. I'll. I think the. Would love for you to write some erotic fan fictions. All right, all right. I mean, I mean that's, it's a group activity. Obviously. <laughs> now, do you have like a writing group you do this with, or is this just like on your own? It's all spur of the moment when an idea comes to mind. Just kind of shove it in there. <laughs> it's like I, I wrote the uh, Pat one. Now, can I give you probably- some? Very short after we did the last episode. Yeah. And I was trying to think of, all right, that's pretty obscure. I got to go with another obscure one to match up with her. And it took a while. And I also had it half done. And when you were asking, so are you going to do that bit tonight? It's like, all right, I can finish this off and on. And I did all the back and forth dialogue. Yeah. Like literally an hour before this podcast. I love that you're still Googling. Verbal shenanigans, sleep. Verbal shenanigans, sleep deprivation. Verbal shenanigans, sleep guy. I'm still like scrolling down to old episodes <laughs> to try to figure out which one he was. I know he was on a show with somebody else, but not necessarily just. Which is shocking because we used to just combine like 80 people in, in into an episode. So, uh, oh, yeah, like um, 
like something that's coming out later. Like we almost had two episodes, and I jokingly said, "Like oh, old school verbal shenanigans." We'll yep. put these two together because that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Would you would you take requests like uh, like karaoke? Like would you would you write fiction for uh, uh, for specific people? Uh, absolutely, in a heartbeat. All right, I want I want a fan fiction story about Paul Templer, the hippo attack survivor. I want fan fiction about Kevin Eastman, the creator of the Ninja Turtles. You're going to text me these? No, I'm probably going to forget these. Yeah, probably. I mean, that would involve involve listening to the episode. So that would be Tony Wright. Oh, Tony. And that was episode 144, Mm. No Sleep on the Island, where we had Tony Wright, who was the sleep deprivation record. And also Catherine King and Wayne Adams, who built an island in Canada, Freedom Cove. If I remember correctly, they had the worst internet connection possible, but they were awesome. Like, their story was awesome. Yeah, their story was awesome. And uh, sadly, we we made the sleep guy the opener. So, um, <sighs> I don't know. We, we don't always win here on RoboSnaggins. But anyway... Um, it is time to go. Uh, this is a great episode. It's good to be back. I'm not ever going to say it. I hope to see you guys next week. Uh, but, uh, Berlo, anything to promote before we roll? Well, I, I just got off of vacation, Scott, and I found this beautiful little winery in the mountains of Georgia called Fainting Goat Vineyards. Uh, it's in Jasper, Georgia. Uh, it is the most spectacular view of the Georgia mountains. Uh, delicious uh wines we picked up at least like four bottles there and they actually have fainting goats there there is a breed of goat that uh if they get scared they will just faint on the ground in front of you you know they have like four of them right there so we were at their vineyard taking uh in the wines taking in the views with the puppies uh just incredible views in jasper georgia if you're able to get out there or if you're doing like a tour of the georgia mountains come this fall with the beautiful colors i would highly recommend checking out fainting goats vineyard so now when you show up and Uh you're like hey goat you know like hey little goat man little goat 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 you know and you you try to talk are they fainting or are they coming up to you well they they kind of were on their own. Like we had the dogs there ourselves. So, and they have uh, dogs there. So Callie was making some noises. So they weren't initially coming up, but uh, yeah, they, they were very cute. I just didn't get the fainting experience, but everybody says, and all their adorable ghosts when they <laughs> want to come up and pet them and stuff like that. It'd be great if you're just like, Hey, little goat. And they just, <laughs> yeah, that's actually the ramming goat uh, pen. The fainting goats are over there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> these fainting goats are hurting me. <laughs> and I will promote quickly. Uh, Verbal Shenanigans is doing a a, a different uh, a new venue, October fourteenth. Uh, we are doing a show at Factory Records in Dover. It's a record store. Uh, we're doing two shows. I think it's gonna be a seven thirty and a nine, seven thirty and a nine thirty, or a seven nine o'clock. They haven't announced it yet, but they're gonna do two shows that night with Joe Fernandez, Matt Jenkins, Angela Sharp, and myself. So we're gonna try that out and see how that venue goes. So if you're in the 
Northwest Jersey area. Come on down. It's only like a little 50-seater uh, venue. Very cool. Um, I hope we could uh, make make something happen there. So uh, go on. Factory Records should be up there very soon. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, ticket link should be up on the website. I believe it's factoryrecords.com. If not, Google Factory Records in Dover, New Jersey. Um, other than that, we... Uh, we got some good interviews coming on up. We uh, we surpassed a pretty nice uh, number on uh, downloads recently. So thank you, thank you for your listens and uh, all that. And uh, I guess that's it, guys. Life is funny. Laugh at it. Keep the wind at your back. Bye bye. And the ninjas went up and said, "Go ninja, go 